Well, hi, everybody. This is the voice of Rod Black. Longtime sports guy, broadcast guy, family guy, podcast guy, broadcast guy. And I know podcasts. And if I know podcasts, I've seen and I've heard and I've been around all of them, like my own, the broadcast. But if you're going for a podcast, you can't look any further than the most remarkable podcast that I've ever been around. Out of all the podcasts that I've been on, this podcast is one of them. Pro Sports Podcasters. They're pros. I don't know who these dudes are. I've never met them, but they sound good. Apparently, they look good. And when you sound good and you look good, you feel good, baby. You feel good. Catch it. Pro Sports Podcasters coming to a podcast near you. I'll do anything for a million dollars. Oh, my God. That was brilliant. Can we do that a second time with a little less sarcasm, please? <laughs> hey, everybody. This is Rod Black. Hi, and this is Mike Tyson, the world heavyweight boxing champion. I just wanted to say one thing. What do you have to say, Mike? I just want to say this pro sports podcast is wonderful. It got a lot of bite. I just, I just love these guys. I just want to say one thing. If you don't listen, I will eat your children. Thank you. Thank you very much. Catch it. Pro Sports Podcasters coming soon to a smartphone near you. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. BetUS Sportsbook is your ultimate destination for online betting. With sports betting, live betting, racebook, online slots, and online casino. It's available across the U.S. and Canada. Use the code PSP to receive a massive sign-up bonus. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. My name is Kobe Ron. You know me as Kobe, and I've got the Joker with me, Justin Williams. How you doing, buddy? John Jones bowed out of a fighting. I'm not happy. So there's the punchline, and we're going to talk a little UFC 295, Jones versus Stipe. Scratch that. Prohaska versus Pereira. But honestly, I'm not mad about it. Because did anyone really think Stipe Miocic was going to win that fight? No. No. But still, you wanted to see it. I just like seeing John Jones fight. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. He's an entertaining fighter, but that was probably going to be his last fight. And it wasn't going to be a really exciting one, I don't think. I think it was just an honorary thing. Like, Stipe, to be called the best, has to kind of beat the best. And, I mean, listen, there's been upsets before when, you know, Adesanya beat Pereira. That was a bit of an upset. So, I'm not saying it's the same caliber, but it'd be kind of nice. Like, let's let's play the what-if game. What if Stipe did knock out or tap John Jones, and it was his only loss, and then John Jones goes out, like, retires on a loss? That's kind of poetic, no? <laughs> that would be pretty brutal. That's why I don't think that would happen. 
Like <laughs> John Jones treats MMA the way Floyd Mayweather treated boxing, right? He he picks the opponent. He knows he can beat at the right time. Okay. Right? And fighting Stipe when he's basically retired is the right time. I find that so weird about Stipe. He still holds a full-time job while he's a fighter. Yeah, it's a little different, eh? It's it's so strange because everyone's like, oh, do you go to training camps? Yeah, I do. Well, how intense are your training camps? Like the last two weeks are pretty intense, but every other one is just eh, like eh, whenever I'm not working. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Okay, so hold on. Let's 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 look at the new main event, which is Yuri Prohashka versus Alex Pereira. And this one's kind of strange too. This is a, a strange card all around in that you've got Yuri Prohashka, who was the light heavyweight champion. Yes. He hurts his shoulder. Mm-hmm. So he relinquishes the belt immediately. Yep. Right? It's like, I don't want to hold up the division. I'll just relinquish the belt. Noble. In the meantime, you get <laughs> a couple of messed up situations that leads <laughs> to the new light heavyweight champion, which is you-know-who. Yeah, Jamal Hill. Who injures himself. Yes. And <laughs> relinquishes the belt. Yes. Now we've got Yuri Prohashka fighting for the vacant title that yeah. he essentially vacated. Yes. Against Alex Pereira, who, I mean, he he's kind of beat <laughs> Jan Blahovich. I mean, maybe, but he got the win, so... C'est la vie, and off that is given this title opportunity. This is a very rushed title shot. Very much so. And what kills me is that when you look at it, this should really be Yuri Prohashka being paid as a champion to defend his belt. Oh, 100%. Because, listen, he was a champion, gave it up, didn't lose it. You can argue, argue Conor McGregor's in the same boat. We're not going to go there just yet. But so he had the title... Gave it up because of an injury, very honorably, I might add. I love when fighters do that because they're not going to hold the division up. And then the person who had it from him, they were going to shack up and be like, all right, let's do this for the ultimate fighter, who's who's the pure light heavyweight champion. He gets injured, Jamal Hill. And it's just poetic justice that he's essentially, like you said, fighting for the belt that's already his. But in like a weird way... It still is. It's still his to lose in this situation. Now, let's look at this, too. Currently, people see Alex Pereira as a favorite, right? The betting odds are on his side. He's not a heavy favorite, but he's the favorite. Do you think that's disrespectful to Prohaska? I think it's because people haven't seen Prohaska come back from his injury. And it's always that weird thing with fighters and injuries. You never know how good they're going to be. And it's like, oh, they fractured their toe. Are they going to be amazing? I don't know. Maybe. But throw caution to the wind. Bet on the other guy. That's just what I think about it. Like, Pereira is strong. Don't get me wrong. He is a natural light heavyweight. This is a good fight for Pereira. But yeah, I could see it being disrespectful 100%. Like, it's still the champ. So, And this is going to be an exciting fight. Don't don't get me wrong. As, as strange as this is and how it came about, this is an awesome fight for the fans because you're talking about striker versus striker and they both like knocking guys out. Yes. So I don't see much defense in this one. Oh, no. This is not getting past round three. No, no way. No. This is this is probably the safest bet on the card to not go the distance. Mm. <laughs> right? That's the bet you make. Don't bet on who's going to win it. Just bet on it not going 
the full distance. And either way, you come out most likely a champion. Correct. And let's look at the co-main now. Let's look at the co-main. Yep. We got Sergei Pavlovich versus Tom Aspinall. Another strange fight because Sergei was listed as the backup fighter in case John Jones or Stipe got injured. Okay. John Jones gets injured, so Sergey is next up to fight Stipe. <laughs> but somewhere in there, the UFC decides we don't want that fight. <laughs> We're taking Stipe off the card entirely and putting in Tom Aspinall. Didn't Stipe say he didn't want to fight anyone but John Jones? No. Oh, I no, thought he no, said that. No, so everyone assumed that that was the case. That oh, once John Jones was out, Stipe was like, "Well, I'm not. Why would I stick around to fight somebody else?" Wrong. Stipe went on the record because that was the the narrative coming out of everyone. He went on the record and said, "Hey, I want to be heavyweight champion again. That's my belt. I would have right. fought anybody." <laughs> right? He's like, "I'll take on anyone. Mm. I want my belt back." Okay. Right? So he's like, he would have fought Pavlovich. But the UFC decided that was a bad move. Because I think the UFC is looking at it like, if Sergey steps in, knocks out Stipe, now you you don't have that big fight against John Jones anymore, which was the fight that they, they really spent a lot of money selling. Yeah. Right? So they just didn't give him the option. That was it. That's, that's sus as fuck. I don't like that. And And here's the other thing I don't like about it is going back to the uh, Yuri Prohashka situation. Prohashka gets hurt, relinquishes the belt. Yeah. Jamal Hill gets hurt, relinquishes the belt. Mm -hmm. John Jones gets hurt. That's my belt. That's just pure favorite. Completely. So now you've got Pavlovich and Aspinall fighting for an interim belt, and I know how much you like interim belts. I think every interim belt should be silver. But that's just my own little thing. And I do love interim belts. They're so fun. <laughs> but they're pointless. Okay, you know, here's my problem. My biggest problem with interim belts is a year down the line, two years down the line. Yeah. Let's say Aspinall wins this fight. Okay. And then he loses the fight against whoever's champion when he gets a chance to. Yes. Two years later, Aspinall fights someone and they introduce him as the former heavyweight champion. They do that for interims? They say it's former heavyweight or former interim? No, they say former heavyweight. They say Ew, for gross. Because you're a champion while you have it in their mind. Okay. It, and it confuses me sometimes because I'll be watching a fight and they're like, you know, uh, faces such and such, you know, lightweight champion, so and so. And I'm like, what? When was he champion? And then I look back and I'm like, oh, wait, that's right. He was interim. <laughs> right? And it's, it literally throws me off because you're not really champion. You're not. Do you see it as like a participation trophy almost? It, it is. It's, well, I mean, it, okay, it does serve one purpose and that while you have it, you're getting paid better. For sure. And I mean, it doesn't hold up the division. And it kind of gives the champion a bit of an honor thing in case an injury happens and they choose not to relinquish it. I'm all for that. I understand that. But I do. Okay. I like interim belts when they're not made up for no reason. Like legitimately when it came down to Cyril gone and that whole situation, there was no reason for an interim belt. There was absolutely none. 
That's right. But they did it. Why? I don't know, because Francis Ngannou was leaving and they wanted to stick it to him. And they're like, we don't need you, Francis. It was a bad breakup with the UFC is what it was. Yeah. And that's that's something that we see in boxing that we don't see in mixed martial arts yet is boxing has the what they call the, the, the linear or lineal champion. Oh. Which is the champion that you can follow back. You can track it all the way back to the original champion. Okay, I see. Right? Whereas, because <laughs> technically, John Jones is not the lineal heavyweight champion. Go on. Because Francis Ngannou left when he had the belt. Oh, that's what that means. Okay, I thought it was just like those weird interim things that don't count. Like No, no, no. There's, see, boxing has lineal champions because unlike mixed martial arts, these guys can bounce from promotion to promotion as much as they want. Yeah, okay. Right, so what they do is they look back to when was the original championship, like the first fight for it, and then they just follow it along because some of those fighters may, you know, they might be with WBC and then they go to WBO, they leave the old belt behind, but they go to, they get this new belt and somebody else has a WBC belt now, but they're not the lineal champion because they didn't beat that guy who went to WBO kind of thing. Which... There in their self, there in that kind of lies a little bit of a little bit of trouble. But I also kind of understand it. Yeah, right. So if if you look at the UFC heavyweight lineage, then you're gonna have, Ngannou basically leads with the belt, and whoever fights him next, if somebody beats Ngannou in mixed martial arts, technically they'd be the lineal champion. So that we're not counting uh, Fury then. Well, no, because it's not mixed martial arts. <laughs> I know. I was teasing. I was teasing. Right, and besides, Ngannou won that fight. Oh, Ngannou won that so hard. <laughs> yeah, like how, how did he not win it? But so, I mean, I, I understand, right? There's so much money. There's so yeah. much money, right? So before that fight, before they even stepped into the ring, mm-hmm. Fury already has a $20 million fight set up with the next guy. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the thing is, the reason why apparently, so my one buddy at the comedy club is a huge boxing fan, like he coaches and stuff like that. So he's saying how Fury won, because Fury knew he wasn't going to knock Ngannou down. Like, he just knew. So what Fury did was he started landing points, which was just rapid punches is basically what he did. Because Ngannou's boxing defense isn't so strong. So he was like, I'm going to point this guy into a victory. And that's exactly what he did. Exactly. But so. I, I don't think it was enough. I don't think he did point him enough. That's I don't think so either. But I don't know how they how they judge that in boxing. They they judge it to where the money goes, right? The, the money <laughs> goes, right? And and think of what that would have done to boxing. That would have been terrifying. It would have ended boxing, right? Like he's he's the poster child of boxing. And you have this guy come over from MMA who's like never boxed before and mm-hmm. beat him. Well, also look at the record too, like like Mayweather versus McGregor. They're like, oh, okay, well, that's a retired Mayweather Correct. and a McGregor in an exhibition bout. It doesn't really count. And this would be the first time where it wasn't an exhibition. It was a genuine bout, and then they lose. Yeah. Like that, that would just be, oh, so embarrassing. <laughs> exactly. It's Anyways. brutal, man. We got way off track, <laughs> but no, I'm okay but, with that. No, but that's okay. Like it's, it's. I mean, I'm. It, like, someone's got to say it, right? Yeah, yeah. I know we're not alone. That's. I think it's stage. I mean, I hear that like through the guy who loves boxing. Apparently, they want to do a Deontay Wilder versus Francis Ngannou bout. That makes sense. I'm down 100. percent I mean, 
Francis is going to make his money and go to the PFL. Like PFL is going to be his side hobby now. Exactly. When he's making the kind of money he's making just to step into the ring, <laughs> then sure. I'll throw in the odd MMA fight here and there. Oh, why not? It's going to be like Conor McGregor. Okay, so let's get back to it. Yep. Between Pavlovich and Aspinall, who do you like? <sighs> so Tom Aspinall trains with one of our good friends, Joffy Holton. And I see what they kind of do just through Joffy's uh, messages and stuff he sends me. So I have a personal bias towards Tom, but I don't think Tom can do it. I think it's going Sergey. Really? Yeah. Okay, I, I'm on the flip side here. We, we oh. disagree on this one. I, I think Sergey's got more power. Yeah. But I think Tom Aspinall has, is so fast. Mm-hmm. Is so fast. And I also think he's very effective dirty boxing from a, from, a, from a grappling position. Yes. Right? So I think Tom Aspinall covers the distance between him and Sergey very easily. And in close quarters, I give him the edge. I like Aspinall to win this one. Do, does either of us think this will go the distance? Oh, God, no. This no. is going to be like the second, <laughs> okay. second there you, round. There you go. There's there's the second half of your parlay. Your first bet is the main event won't go the distance. And your second bet is the co-main event won't go the distance. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is with this, um, with Sergey, I'm relating Tom Aspinall to Curtis Blades and how easily Sergey handled Curtis. Okay. I per- Personally, I think Curtis and Tom have a, a very similar style. Very similar aggression, very similar approach. I'm not seeing much of a, a difference between the two of them. I could be wrong. The records are both similar in itself, but also, like I said, mentioned their styles, and I just feel like Sergey has already dealt with this before. This is like, oh, cool, just a slightly, I think, taller version, but we'll see. Yeah, they're a little, they're a little bit, a little more equ- equally sized. Mm-hmm. I think Aspinall's got better striking than Curtis Blades. And I, I mean, I, and I think that's the difference. But this, yeah, again, see two great fights here. We got a couple of great fights as a main and co-main because they're very hard to predict. Oh, a hundred percent. And you know they're going to be finishes. Oh, for sure. Tom Aspinall is actually the favorite going into this fight, according to Betway, and they spelled Sergey's name wrong too. On Betway, oh, did they? <laughs> they spelled it with a Y. Oh. <laughs> oh. Somebody's getting fired. Yeah, so if you were to bet on both the favorites, so right now with Betway, you can't actually bet on the results. You can only bet on like who's going to win kind of deal. So you can't do like, oh, it's going to be by like round by round. Um, so if I bet on Tom Aspinall and Alex Pereira, the favorites, $1 is going to get me a do- uh, two two ninety one. But they don't have the will it go the distance odds? Not yet. It's too far away. Oh, okay. Because that's, that's what I'm interested in. Oh, 100%. That's what I want to see. And if I bet on both underdogs, it comes out to be $4.51. So let's hedge some bets. <laughs> okay. Now, now, here's the issue that people have been talking about when it comes to UFC 295. Now, let's – let's. I mean, to me, the main and co-main event is enough. Yep. That's enough right there. But people are talking about how this is a weak card because when you look at the rest of the fights, you got Sabatini versus – Diego Lopez, you got Jessica Andrade versus Mackenzie Dern, mm-hmm. Frivola versus Benoit Saint-Denis, like Ursag versus Alessandro Costa. Like th- these are not household names. Yeah, they're not sexy names. Right? But what I'll say is that they they look like pretty good fights on paper. 
And that's it. So, like, I'm very excited, actually, for the Jessica and Draj fight. Because I think this is Jessica's sending off party. I think this is her last bout. I think she's going to lose. Oh, I think she's done after this. I think she's retiring. <laughs> she's 36 bouts in. Yeah. Barely. She's at, like, she's at the 50. Like, she's the two, and basically, she's 24 and 12. So, she's, every time she loses, she wins. T- two times over. So, it's not the best, most impressive record I've seen. No. And Dern, it's it just feels like it's a passing and changing of the guard at this point. But I, lo- I always love a Jessica Andrade fight. She's one of my favorite women to f- watch fight. So. Oh, it's going to be an exciting fight. Oh, it's going to be amazing. But she's losing in the second round. Like, it's done. Right? And then, like, Frivola St. Denis is going to be a great fight, too. Mm-hmm. Like, th- these are great fights. These are going to be entertaining fights. It's like one of those cards where, you're, you know, you look at it, you're, especially those UFC fight night cards where you're like, who the hell are these guys? <laughs> but then but then you watch the card and it's like, you know, three quarters of the fights end up in finishes and they're just slugfests. Yeah. That's what this card feels like. And it goes all the way up to the main event. Well, even looking at the prelims there, we have uh, New Rolo from Tajikistan. Yeah. Tajikistan. I can't pronounce that. Again, 9-0 and dude coming off just facing Mateusz. Ah. Oh, the veteran. Versus kind of like the middle of the world guy. Oh, I can't wait for that fight. Yeah, man, there's some good fights here. Some very good fights. Yeah, what's on the early prelims? Jared Gordon. Why does that name sound familiar to me? Why does that name sound familiar? Yeah. Because he's the guy that that beat uh, Patty, but didn't beat him. Oh. <laughs> Remember? Yes. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. Right, everyone, their dog felt he won, but Pat, Patty got the decision. <laughs> oh, more UFC bullshittery, <laughs> right? That's that's why you recognize that name. But you know what? Like that's it's actually a good thing, right? It it worked for him, even though he got the loss, mm-hmm. because it's so controversial. It's made him relevant. Well. I mean, is it because he's down the prelims now, like the early prelims? Yeah, but like he's still he's still getting getting fights, right? Like, keep in mind, you lose in the UFC, you could get cut. That's fair, right? But if you lose and you become popular as a result of it, <laughs> if you lose to the right person, that's right. Quote unquote, lose. Yeah, quote unquote, exactly. <laughs> right. So, so that's why uh, you got the next fight with Vyacheslav Borshev. Right, the guy who came out of the contender series, he right. looked so good in his first fight, and then just got tuned up. <laughs> right, so I'm I'm kind of waiting to see if you know he he can come back from this. Right, like he won his contender series, he came in, he looked amazing in his first fight in the UFC, then he got tuned up, and then they gave him a sort of soft fight. To kind of get him back in the winning column, but I think he has to win this fight. Oh, a thousand percent. Otherwise, we'll see him over in Bellator. Yeah, he'll be gone. He'll be gone. Right. I, I think this is a must-win for him. And the guy he's facing, I don't know that much about him. Mm. Sadikov. Let's see. What we got here. No, he's, oh, he came out of the Contender Series too. Only he said, "Oh, he's got to win over Terrence McKinney." That's significant. That is. Ah, oh, goodbye, Borshev. <laughs> Thanks for coming out, buddy. There's the third part of your parlay. <laughs> right right there. 
So I feel like what's going to happen is he's going to go to Bellator and we're going to get Dylan Dennis. Because Dylan wants to fight in the UFC. He's like, I can sell fights now. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, we'll see if that happens. He's just going to get his ass handed to him over in UFC. And, and Dana's going to be willing to put up with his bullshit. Which I don't know if he could. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Let's look at this, Matt. Let's look at this lightweight bout. Matt Favola versus Benoit Saint-Denis. Okay. Let's see what we got going on here. Benoit Saint-Denis, God of War. 27-5-11. Only one loss. I'm looking over this guy. Who has Matt lost to? He lost to Zaleski Dos Santos. Okay. Who's he got wins over? Oh, he lost to Terrence McKinney. Matt did. No. Seven-second knockout in round one. Okay, so Saint-Denis got wins over Tiago Moses and Ismail Bonfim, which is not bad. You know, those are the only names I really recognize. Farola's been around for a little while. Yeah, Farola's been around for... Or, how do you pronounce that? Frevola? Frevola. He beat Drew Boat, Drew Dober, which is a big win. Yeah, but like I said, he lost to Terrence McKinney. McKinney and Sarukian, so a couple of decent guys there. He beat Jalen Turner, which is a big win. He lost to Polo Reyes back in 2018. So he started off UFC with a win, and then a draw, and then two more wins in 2019. A cancelled bout in 2020. Then he had a loss to... And his wins are all striking. Yeah, so I'm noticing is all about beating you down. How does Benoit Saint-Denis get his wins? Oh, he's a submission artist. Oh, so, so this stri- is grappler versus striker. This is a classic matchup. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I like that. I like his that only a lot. loss came by decision. Wow, I, I think I have to go with Saint-Denis here. Yep, I'm taking Saint-Denis too. Yeah, I think his, his grappling might be able to stifle for all his striking and then he'll just grind out a decision or get the sub. I think it's it's going to be a late though one because it's not going to be an early win. It's going to be third round, so you late think, in the third. You think he might get the sub? Oh, I think he's going to get the sub late in the third. Oh, okay, another finish. Right. Yeah. So if it goes the way we're predicting it, like I said, it's going to be a phenomenal card, man. A fucking banger of a card, dude. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to have to put some money on this card. <laughs> I'm definitely going to put some parlays together because it's too juicy. This is. This is exciting times. Now, best case scenario for you, who would you like to see win? If it's just about who you want to see win, who do you want to see walk away with the light heavyweight championship? Yuri Pahaska. Okay, I'm with you there. Who do you want yeah. to see win the interim heavyweight championship? Like I said, I'd like to see Tom Aspinall take it, but I don't think he's going to, but I'd like to see it. Okay, that's all, that's all I'm asking. All I'm asking yeah. is who you'd like to see win. Tom Aspinall. I'm sure you agree with me. It'd be nice to see Andrade win and then and then lay, lay the gloves in the middle of the, the ring. Yeah. That's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see Benoit take this. Yeah, so would I. I, I like submissions, man. I'm I'm, uh, I'm big on submissions. Yeah. Sadikov's going to beat Borshev. I'm fine with that. <laughs> He'd be at peace with it. Um, yeah, and, and I'd like Ritchie to see versus Lupita Gardinias. Lupita, I'd rather see her win. I like Ursag, Steve Ursag. I'd like to see him beat Costa. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Nurello, Nurulu, I leave. I think he's going to win. I think he's going to take out the veteran. And then we got John Castaneda versus Kyung Ho Kang. It's just that's just going to be a banger. I don't, I don't care. 
Like to see Jared Gordon get the win. Yeah, I'd like to see Jared Gordon. <laughs> right, just because he got hosed before. He's not. He's no fan favorite. <laughs> exactly. You know. You know everything we pulling for him, right? Oh, of course. And honestly, if I'm Jared Gordon, every time I win in the cage, I call out Patty Pimblett. Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. Right. I'd be, I'd like be the only guy I'd be wanting to fight. Literally, I'd be like, Patty, you didn't win, bud. We gotta redo this. <laughs> right on. All right, and then I had a head to 297 in Toronto. Oh, I got. I got nothing. There's nothing. Not that I can see. Guaranteed yet? Well, no, because the only thing that was guaranteed was supposed to be Volkanovski versus... uh, What's his face? (sighs) Topuria. Thank you. But, um, yeah, that might be... Okay, so here's what they're talking about. It might be on it. So we got Arnold Allen versus Mavsar Evelev. That's a good fight. Okay. Okay, we got Chris Curtis versus Marc-Andre Barrio. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Brad Katona versus Garrett Armfield. Honestly, who cares? Yep. I mean, Katona is coming off the ultimate fighter win, but whipped you do. It's the second time he's won it. Mm-hmm. We got Jillian Robertson, who f- always fights on Canadian cards against Poliana Viana, but who cares? Yep. Oh my God, there's there's no exciting fights here. Well, we got a we got Neil Magny versus Mike Malott. That's a cool fight, just because I like watching Neil Magny fight. Because he's yep. kind of unorth- unorthodox. And Mike Malott's an up-and-coming Canadian. We have Malcolm Gordon, too. Yeah. Wow. Like, oh, is... man. Well, they, be- they better find a good fight for the main event. So so here's the thing. I talked about this on, on our social media. They could have Conor McGregor fight someone. They're not going to. They're saving him for 300. You figure? Oh, I know so. They're going to. They have to. Also, Paul Felder, for some reason, is back in the USADA testing pool. I'm assuming he's coming back out of retirement. Yeah, I guess why not, eh? <laughs> okay. I don't trust UFC retirement. So hold There's... on. Like, what, what big fight could we have as a main event? Who hasn't fought or isn't fighting soon? Who's Who's been kind of waiting around? Israel Adesanya. Yeah, but he said he's not going to fight for, like, probably a year. He's taking time off. Right. So it won't be Adesanya. <sighs> it's too soon for Strickland. Yes. Sean O'Malley. Do you think we can get the Sugar Show going? Do you I mean, think that, so? That saves the card, right? It would. It would. Oh, Derek Lewis was arrested. What? Yep, Derek Lewis was arrested just now. For for what, though? Uh, Derek Lewis probably arrested in Houston less than two weeks before the UFC fight in St. Paul. Uh, oh, he was speeding. Oh, that's not a big deal. Why even? Like, like, why even report that? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. I was like, what? Okay, hold on. Sean O'Malley. Yeah, his last fight was in August. It was the Aljamain Sterling fight. So they could have Sean O'Malley headline the first card of the the year. They could. Right? That Maybe. would that would seriously save the card. Like they can't burn uh, us twice in a row. We could have we, we could have oh we could have John Jones. No, he tore his muscles up for a year. Yeah, he's done. Can't have Jamal Hill. Nope, he's gone. We could have Islam no, we can't have Islam. Nope, too soon. Leon no Leon's coming up. He's fighting. Yeah. 
right? I, I mean, like Sean is the obvious Sean's the only one. one. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the obvious one. But does Sean O'Malley want to be on a relatively shit card? Although, I mean, he'll just look at it like everybody will just pay for it just to see me. Yeah, so he actually might do right. That. But at the same time, the more pay per view buys, the better. Mm. So he might look at it like it's not good enough. I want at least one other huge fight on this card. Yeah, because he wants the pay-per-view points. He wants the pay-per-view points. That's right. Right? So he, he might look at it like it's not good enough. you got to put somebody else on there. And I'm trying to think of, you know, other big names that they could put on that card who hasn't fought recently. But most of the big guys, like the real hype machine guys, have fought. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. This one's going to be tricky. I guess, I mean, Gaethje could fight. I was thinking that Gaethje but, versus... But uh, who? Versus who, right? Like, what's, yeah. what's what's even worth it for him? Like, Just to me, the only fight that's worth it for him is, is Islam. He's not. That's all I was thinking, too. I'm like, he, he can't fight right now. And then I'm like, that's okay. Right. But you can't do Dustin Poirier, Gaethje again. Because it's already, what, one and one in that series? 2 <laughs> 2-0? I don't know. That's a series I wasn't paying attention. I remember they are hyping it up. I'm like, fucking why? Which one? Uh, Dustin versus Justin. Because mm. Justin won the last time. Yeah. And I think he won the first time, too. No, he lost the first time. He lost? Okay, so it's one all. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that was do the, the, the payback. Yeah, they could do that. But it's, it's almost too soon to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I hope we get something, man. Like, they burn us in Vancouver. Don't burn us in Toronto, too. They're going to burn. They don't care about it. They make less money here. <laughs> They're going to burn us here like I know they are. It's, oh, it's gonna be a burn. It's gonna be a burn show. That's what it's gonna be. Oh, a thousand percent. They're like, listen, we've already had one huge retirement in Vancouver with uh, Amanda Nunez, and that was like, yeah, you had a shit card, but you saw a retirement. So here you go. I mean, I guess we also got Whaley Zhang. Okay. I don't know who she'd fight, but herself. I think she's available. Herself. <laughs> That's that. I have nobody else comes close. You're so, you're so angry. I'm bitter. You're like, I know it's gonna suck. I yeah. know it. <laughs> like I don't, I don't even know. Like, well, I'm know. so we, we they could they could give us Connor. They could give us Sean. There's your two best options right there. <sighs> Fine. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be honest. I'm like, I'd rather Sean because Connor doesn't matter anymore to me. That's it. Like, nobody right? gives a fuck. Yeah. Like, I can't remember the last time he won. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I it doesn't know. matter. Like, I'm, I'm so done with that guy. Right? He'll draw a crowd because you still have the diehards that are that think he's never lost. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Well, Connor's gone on record saying he's only lost a couple times. That's being knocked out. He doesn't consider submissions a, a loss. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Freaking, so they'll well, turn out in droves, and that'll that'll sell it. But it's I honestly I'd rather see Sean O'Malley because, I mean, he's more relevant right now. Yes, you're you're correct. Yeah. So that's that's who I'm I'm pulling for. We'll see. I know Dana's Jones, and they get Connor back in there. So I I honestly lean toward Connor, but I'd rather see Sean O'Malley headline that. No, it's I think. Well, I think what he wants, though, is Dana wants all of his fighters on UFC 300, like all of his champions. All of them? Every single one. No, he can't do it. That's that's too soon. For 300? Yeah, it's too soon. I don't know. I mean, assuming that every UFC now isn't headlined by a major title fight. 
No, but it, you got to look at the guys who are even injured, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, he'll do the best of what he can. Yeah, like that's like he could have interim guys, interim title holders and such. Yeah, but it'll still be title fight, title fight, all these title fights. And you're like, all right. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. We can dream. I'm hoping for a real fight in Toronto in January. And I hope we get invited to it. Damn straight. UFC, listen up. You want the PSP in attendance, baby. So I'm talking about. And if you want more MMA, tune in to www.prosportspodcasters.com where we cover absolutely everything. But we have a fair amount of MMA on our website. Justin, great as always. Kobe, it was a pleasure. Till next time, buddy. See you around, man. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasts experience, where no sport is left behind.